Year Is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to the Year Is podcast, the podcast where me, Bobby Mayer, and my friend, comedian Red Richardson, go back to a year in history, talk about the weirdest, the most interesting, the strangest things from that year. And uh, you might notice this is our first remote episode because Red Richardson is terrified of the coronavirus for the first time in two years. Yes, I am meant to be going to Thailand next week and you have to get tested when you arrive. And if you test positive, you go to a government facility for 10 days. And I do not want to risk uh, being around Bobby because he looks like he has the virus. I just had the virus, but you are red. It's so it's such a game of Russian roulette. So either you're going to get to go on a beautiful honeymoon mm. in Thailand with your lovely wife, Rosie, or can you talk? By the way, this is our guest, Finlay Christie. Say hi, Finlay. Hey, Finlay. Hey, guys. Appetite Welcome aboard. Sorry, we just started chatting and uh, we didn't introduce you. Don't let me, I was interested in your okay, holiday. Cool. So oh, good, good. Okay. Well, good. So, Red, talk us through what will happen if you have COVID when you go to Thailand. Um, I will. Uh, so I arrive in Thailand and you have to book a hotel, government approved hotel for the first night. You do a test in the airport. Apparently it's people in hazmat suits and they're like, you know, when you put their hands in those things so they can touch you, those like chemical hands. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, they swab you with one of them. Then you have to go and sit in a hotel for up to 12 hours waiting for your results. If I'm negative, I get to leave and carry on with my pre-booked holiday. If it's positive, I have to go to a government facility. Like a hospital. Yeah, they call it a government facility. I don't know why. 10 days there. Uh, and it'll be fucking awful. So it's it's a big gamble. It's a non-refundable trip because I booked in 2019 and it was £75 more to make it refundable. And I thought, why would I ever need a refund on this? <laughs> and we've cancelled it five times. And to me, it's the most important thing that's happening in the world at the moment is this Thailand trip. And I find it weird that not everyone's tweeting about it. Um. Well, they didn't know. Now they know. Now they know. So it'll be a big deal. Um, if I do get positive, I'm going to be fucking devastated. I think it'll be an anger that never leaves me. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, as a redophile, us redophiles feel it. <laughs> you know? It. We're rooting for you. Mm. Finlay, we've nicknamed mm. uh, Red's fan base we redophiles. So some could say that people who like Red's comedy suffer from redophilia, and he hates it. That's good. Yeah, and there's non-offending redophiles who don't come to the shows, but they know they like me. Now, Finley, uh, for any listeners who are not aware of him, is a YouTube and TikTok celebrity. Superstar. Uh, superstar and great stand-up comedian. I met you through stand-up, oh. and uh, you... Blew me away with your. You did. You said. You you said that. Um. Sorry, I interrupted you in the middle of uh, complimenting me, and we'll get back to that. But. Um. Yeah. No. You said that. Um. Talking to me made you like feel young again, and reminded you of like when you had like. Hope I, I did. I I remember being like youthful and excited. 
Really? Yeah. 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 Did you, you? So you took some of Finn's energy? No, I just liked being around it. Okay, maybe yeah. maybe we but should even, kidnap Even him. when you started, <laughs> you still had a kind of uh, uh, like gone off the rails, uh, you know, persona at like from the beginning. There was never really. I think it must have just been when you were, when you were a little baby that you were. I don't know, not yet washed up. I don't. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. He's always seemed kind of fucked. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 That's thanks. Yeah. I, I was skirting around that. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't where know was how... this Harry Styles, that 18 year old Bobby, full of hope and joy? I've done. <laughs> What what I'm confused. Like I think me 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 at eighteen, meeting you at eighteen, we'd have nothing in common. What I'm confused about is I gave you a compliment. I said Finley is a TikTok and YouTube star and great comedian, and then you said you've always seemed washed up, as if it was a compliment back. <laughs> Even when he was three, he just when people go, "Oh, that kid's so fucked." I I. Oh, what kind of baby was Bobby? Well, I don't know, Finley, because I was abandoned in a hospital by my mother. You know, we all weren't raised in posh mansions with lots of ski vacations, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, it looks good. It's Show us good. around your bedroom. A lot of people would assume, oh, this is a young man's studio apartment. No, no, Finley, you're in the family home. And you come on this podcast and you shit in my mouth off from the beginning. I'm being, I am having my mouth shit in from a castle. The shit is leaving that castle, traveling over whatever recording and into my mouth. And yeah. And where are you, Finley? Is that, are you in a nice area? What? Um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Highbury. Oh, very yeah. nice. Oh, Red, and Red, don't get Red, onto like, Finley. You're you grew up exactly like he did. Yeah, where are you from? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm just wondering where he is. I, I wasn't saying. Uh, I wasn't trying to shame him. I you was, were trying I was, to bully happy him. For him. No, not at all. So, Finn, you're a TikTok superstar. <laughs> um, no, he's a how comedian. How many followers have you got? He's a comedian. Yeah, let's get back to let's get back to the compliments. How many followers you got on TikTok? To, to be honest, the thing is, right, people, the thing with TikTok superstar, right, mm. if you're older than, like, 25, you see the number of followers I have on TikTok, and you're like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah. But the TikTok superstar is, like, if you have, like, 9 million. Okay. That's, like, good. But ev everyone's got the amount of TikTok followers I have. But I can say to that like, people in the comedy industry don't know. I've got, like, five TikTok followers. The same. How many have you got? I don't. Uh, I haven't got, and I've fallen off as well. I haven't posted in ages, but uh, it's about I think 170k. Oh, nice! But but you said to me it's like Zimbabwean dollars, right? Like it's like yeah, that's what, ex yeah, exactly. That's exactly exactly what yeah. Like. yeah. And so, what's your story? You, you you did YouTube and stuff. What do you do on YouTube? 
Wait, the same thing he does on TikTok. Well, YouTube, I just post the same stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he might have a but different you, YouTube persona. So you never know. Red, just act like you know the guest and you've watched their work. We don't bring someone I, on. I know. I, I, this isn't I've a seen sh- his stuff. This is, I like his stuff. He goes to does the one about soaps in the 60s. Yeah, but... Uh, he's got some good stuff. But just don't, like, bring oh, him on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a comedy no, interview. Just, don't I'm, bring him on the podcast and then say, so what are your videos even like? No. Bobby, for our listeners and our viewers, I'm explaining Finley to them so they get a better knowledge of who he is as a person. Red, there's a better chance we have to explain who we are to his fans who are listening to this podcast for the first time. He has hundreds of thousands of them. We have a handful. They're not going to listen. They won't listen. They will listen Um, because we'll put his name in it and I'll target market towards them. (laughs) They're going to fucking listen. I'm going to find your... It's good to know that that's... That's why I'm on that's this podcast. That's not why you're on the podcast. You think it might boost your you're number. On the, that's why everyone's on every podcast, Finley. We're eight minutes in, and Bobby's uh, disrespected our guest. Well, no, you disrespected. Made him feel used. You disrespected our guest, Red, by pr- never watching anything he does. I'm a huge fan of Finley. He's a great stand-up comedian. He's. I've not gigged with him, but I know he's good. You could have watched a video. I did watch a video. I've seen his stuff. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> This is a horrible start, but you know what? <laughs> Finley, Finley's taking time from his family Easter. You know what? Yeah. He's given the butlers a break. How old are you, Finley? I'm 22. 22? Jesus Christ. 22 years old. When did you start comedy then? Okay, well, this is a this is a weird one. So I started. Do you, have you guys ever gigged with the comedy club for kids? No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you would not get. Yeah, you guys would not get booked for that. No, gig. It it's like you like have it. to do material for children. Okay. But did you do that when you so were a child? Is very... it like child children entertaining yeah. children? Oh, so you're a child prodigy. So they let. So I did my first gig when I was seven. Mm-hmm. What? What? And seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They let so they let they they basically like comedy workshops for kids, and um, they they sort of help you kind of write jokes and stuff, and then you you go up on stage and uh, everyone you know it's like family friendly. So you've actually been doing comedy as long as me. <laughs> how long? How long have you been doing? Comedy I've been for? doing comedy like sixteen years. You've been doing comedy for fifteen years. Yeah, I'm not yeah. actually impressed anymore, Finley. No, I was it's impressed. Not. When you hear twenty-two, you go, "Oh, good." But actually, he's a he's an old hog in this game. Yeah, you're just an old yeah. grizzled vet who's got fifth. You're fifteen years in, and you've just blown up. Well, I'd keep that to yourself, Finley. And, uh, and you're yet to. Yes, I guess. Yes, I'm that's waiting. What this, that's what this podcast is. It's coming. What to blow up? Oh, it's gonna happen. Oh, don't worry about that, Finley. Um, no, but I didn't. I didn't gig. I gigged like one, once a year or something from age one, seven. Was, I'm not a grizzled vet. That's what so... made you want to do comedy at seven. I was seven. on Blue Peter. You were on Blue Peter. I was on Blue Peter. Yeah, when I was fourteen. Yeah. Have you thought about being in a boy band? Before? <laughs> That's. <laughs> you look like you could be in a boy band. Yeah, what the hair's a little bit... Um... You could have done that. You wouldn't have to be talking to us. You'd be out in LA or something. But you chose your path, Finley. Chose Let's your not path. Forget. Have you listened to this pod before? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so of course. You know what? This oh, brilliant. Do you subscribe actually, to the Patreon? Even though, even though I um, was roasting Bobby at the start, I'm, I have been a huge fan of Bobby. This for a long all time. started though. This insult so. barrage all began because you said I look washed up after I said you're a great comedian. So let's not. Pre- you <laughs> opened the door, Finley. You opened the door. But we're gonna, you know, we're gonna move on to the year because that's why we're here. Yeah. We're yeah. here <clears throat> to talk about the year. 1938, which is uh, about six months before Finley started comedy. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I- I'm just going to go. I'll give you the first mm. event from 1938. Psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud arrived in London having fled from Vienna in Austria. Now, It's sad because he was fleeing the Holocaust. But let's look at Sigmund Freud, the man who is one of the weirdest men in history. Because he is the man who invented the theory that everyone's inner angst comes out of the fact that they really secretly want to fuck their own mother. (laughs) How do you feel about that, Finley? Um, I've never, I've never like been therapized. Yeah. I've never like done therapy. So, cause like, why would you? I've You're 22 got, you know, killing it. I've not, I've, yeah, I've not got problems. Night, uh, lovely upbringing. Yeah. Uh, you know, successful, um, <laughs> not resorted to starting a podcast Hot. yet. Oh my God. Uh, what else? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, boy band good looks. Yeah, maybe we should kill boy him, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> should we just kill it? You're like, yeah, we might kill you. Yeah, go on. Um, so have you ever, what, no, have yeah, you ever so, thought so, about so, shagging your own mum? Is what I was originally well, asking. Well, what if, why would you ask him that? <laughs> why don't because it, we're talking about Freud? Have you even met this kid before? That's, be nice. I'm trying to be nice. I'm, his mum might moving. be really hot. Okay, right. The tricky part is my mum is actually objectively very attractive <laughs> I, I thought she would be so like parents evening was always like really right you remember parents evening of like, course what really do you mean rough. we're not 100 I, years I came old in once, <laughs> i came in i came in once after parents evening mm. and this kid this kid doug sayers was like miming like fucking my he like he was ready when i came in the door <laughs> like mime banging my mom like over a desk and how old yeah. was this kid um oh like 13 Oh yeah, you should have. Did you punch him in the face? What did you do? He's like twice my size. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that kind of kid. As in, in, as an adult, you should track his mom down and fuck his mom. Possibly doable. <laughs> yeah. Use your TikTok fame to seduce his mother. That's what's popular with uh, the MILF community is uh, is young, TikTok. Young TikTok boys. I think it might be. I just wanted to say there must have been a point in Sigmund Freud's life where he went to talk to his mom and she was like, so what are you working on? And then he's like, well, I just have this theory that everyone's problems come from the fact that they really want to fuck their own mother, mother. It it, it takes a lot of balls to, uh, I mean, I, I, I often like sometimes feel, you know, feel like I project my own problems onto other people. Yeah. And feel like everyone's suffering from the same thing as me. But like, I don't like, go write a book 
Is that why you insulted the pod? Because you're projecting. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll say that. Um, I feel so like Bobby, I, I feel like I've completely taken this. <laughs> I've taken this massively off course. It's I oh know it's on course. I just want to say that we're really happy you're here. I'm sorry, Red's insulted you. He's uh. He's having. He's worried about COVID. You yeah, know, and so I get. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm lashing out. But anyway, more of Freud. I was into that. So the thing about Freud is, he wasn't even that famous when he was alive. It was. It, it was like one of his grandkids, like after he was dead, just started like really pushing his like terrible ideas onto people. And mm-hmm. that have now mostly been disproven. But what he did do was kind of, you know, get the idea that, like, you should sit in a room and talk to someone about your problems. That, that you know, he popularized that. Yeah. But, like, his theories outside of that are just, like, awful. Like, the id, the ego, the super ego. He was a huge coke guy as well. He, he said coke could cure you of diseases and mental problems. Cocaine. And it well, it Which, does uh, temporarily. It definitely, if you're like an underconfident person, yeah, then you'll get cocaine psychosis and, and die. Um, so I don't think he quite knew what he's talking about. He's got he's got relatives who are alive today, aren't they? They're, they're socialites now. I think one of them was an artist, weren't they? Lucian Freud was he, was he an artist? I believe. Red. Yeah, Jody's you asked that- what. You ask that like it's an open-ended question. Like me and Finlay are going to be like, "Oh yes, of course, artist Lucian Freud." He's called Finlay. He probably knows Lucian <laughs> Freud. What? What does that mean? It just means you, you look like you know about art, possibly, and it looks like your mum and dad might know artists. Red, stop insulting the guest, Red. I'm not insulting him. I'm being nice. I'm no. that, what, that that's a compliment. It means he's high society. Red. Stop insulting the guest. You okay. also sound exactly like Finley. You just look like a glutton. It's like it's like a sweet posh boy and a gluttonous earl. That's the difference between you and Finley. <laughs> one of you, one of you looks like the the boy who will be king, and the other mm-hmm. looks like the brother of that guy who just sits in the pub. Just being like, you know, I could do a better job than Finley. I could be a king too. And they're like, yeah, sure you could, Red. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I'm the I'm the evil uncle, and he's the he's the lovely prince in the tower. Yeah, he's Simba, and you're Scar. I think that's fair. No, I was just wondering if uh, if you guys knew much about his family. They're, they're, they're hanging around somewhere. Of course we don't know anything. Well, look, what do you know about them, Red? Tell us what you know. I just, no, they're socialites. There's one called Emma Freud. I don't know what she does. Um, though I did see a video of her son rapping on stage at Coachella um, today on Twitter, which was uh, embarrassing, but she seemed proud. Um, I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, they're just a big family dynasty, aren't they? The Freuds. They're, they are a big family dynasty. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's a... Uh, 
An English broadcaster and cultural commentator, a bit like us then. So she kind of does the same job we do. Yeah, I'm sure she'd put her, herself in the same bracket as us, Red. Yeah, she's a broadcaster and cultural commentator, uh, which is what we're doing right this second. Uh, she's an actress too, appeared as Princess Diana in a Thames television special. You seen that, Finley? No, um, what's a, what is a cultural what, what is a cultural commentator? Just stuff happens and you go, oh, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? And then you record yourself saying that, and then you're a cultural commentator. I think it's like it's it's really what it is. It's like someone's way of being on Twitter and saying it's their job. Like yeah. if you, yeah, 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 if you if you have no need for money, and then every day you tweet about what your thoughts on the news are. But you don't monetize mm-hmm. them in any way. Yeah. It's like, well, they're a cultural commentator. That's a great. Yeah, it's a great spin for like, I have too much money that I don't have to work. I just say my thoughts. Also, we're all cultural commentators, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? We are. It's, everyone is. You go, oh shit, it's winter. It's pissing it down. This country's shit. That's a cultural commentary. Is is, is are the Freud family? Are they like? Are they because we're acting like they're rich, like they've inherited the Freud. Yeah, what was his money? You know, I think they are all rich. Yeah, does he? Are they? Are they making bank off? Off the mum I mean, mum fucking theory. I don't. Mm. Yeah. Well, Red said they are Red. Uh, but yeah, they're just they're like they all seem to be in the industry. Like Lucian was an artist. She's work. She's a cultural commentator, which, as we know, Bobby is very lucrative. But like every single one of them has a Wikipedia, so they're all doing stuff. Some pe- some people are just like, you know, when you hear about families where like, like the Kennedys, where like they just kind of mm. like Joe Kennedy just like bred all his kids for success, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He used to sail them out into sea and uh, uh, on a boat, and he said, "You got to swim home," and he'd kick them out, and they'd have to swim back to shore. And that, uh, they all became very powerful, but then eventually got shot. So could have just driven them back in the boat, it turns out. <laughs> I, I really do feel like uh, if I was like, because now that I have a kid, if I was like, I want to raise my kid to be a mm. Kennedy, what would happen is I'd get a boat, throw my kid in the water, <laughs> go back to shore, and then I'd just be in the news because I drowned my child. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And then, then, and then, and then, I, at the trial, they'd be like, "But what? Why have you? Why did you do this?" And I'd be like, "I was, I wanted my kid to lead a nation." Well, yeah. So, well, hang on. I think your your child is is quite young, Bobby. I don't think. Uh, I I don't think they'd be able to swim back now. I think the Kennedys' kids were probably swimming age. Yeah, we didn't. We, it, your, it wasn't a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just it throw like, them in as babies. If throwing a ten-year-old in the water makes them great, throwing a get them in early, throwing a ten-year-old. Well, that's what they did with yeah. the Kennedys. They they threw these kids in the water, made them swim back to shore. Well, how I I think they were probably yeah they were you like can't 10. throw a ten-year-old. Yeah, you can, especially really? if you're Joseph Kennedy. Yeah, of course, why not? Um, and it worked up until the point of them getting shot. Should have taught them how to duck as well as uh, as swim for. But uh, yeah, so how old were you when you learned <laughs> to swim, Finley? Do you know what I um I was I was so uh, I was so terrified of swimming as a kid. I was quite an anxious kid. I was like weirdly neurotic about 
stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't. I used to, I used to sit on the side of the pool in every swimming lesson at primary school. Everyone else would be swimming, and I'd just be sat on the side. And I remember we we had like a creative writing one t- one uh, creative writing task one day to talk about our day at the pool. And you have to draw a picture and everyone else was drawing them swimming. And I didn't realize at the time how sad it was that my day at the pool was just me sitting on the side. I drew a picture of myself just sat on the side. I was Did they tease you for, for not jumping in? I think they were, they were, they were quite encouraging. They were like, you should, you yeah. should come and swim with us. And, and how are you now? Can you swim now? I can swim now. I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but I, I'm making myself sound like a. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, like I just I, swimming is is just. I don't like the process of like getting wet and then I'm I'm wet in the middle of the day and then I have to go back. I to completely my life. agree. That's where you have a towel. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, you get a towel. Yeah, that stops that. Oh, that's why. I've, that's why I've been going wrong. I've just been. <laughs> mm, well, you just just walk out naked. soaking wet and get on the bus home. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby, you're not. You don't seem like a swimmer. I don't really like. I can swim, but. The idea that, like, it's fun to do lengths in a pool, I've never understood. I'll do, mm. like, one length and be like, yeah, that's enough. Like, I, I don't want to sweat while wet. Like, those two things <laughs> never... I don't understand exercise in the water. There, no, fair enough. Dimitri Martin has a great joke where he's, like, talking about how swim is swimming is either... Dr- like, you're either having a great time or drowning, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you swim red? A lot. Um, very good swimmer. Could have been thrown in, swam back to shore. No, I enjoy it. I like it. I start doing lengths. I don't enjoy lengths, but it's actually quite good to do as exercise and just not have your phone on you. Because if I'm at the gym, I just check my phone all the time because um, I'm a disgusting addict. So um, swimming's good just to leave your leave your phone at the in the locker room and then you can sort of just get into the moment make plans do some big thinking that that's one way to cure phone addiction is just uh always be in the water yeah go where it's wet um so that's that's all i uh i do but uh no it's, it's, it's it's good fun it's not for everyone um that would take like i'd spend like a day in an ocean, you know, and just get completely wrinkled. But I know there'd be a moment where I'm like, I wonder what's happening on Twitter. And I'd bring my phone into the water. Well, so you could check it. And then I'd have that second before the wave overtook the phone and washed it away where I was like, yeah, I know what's happening in Ukraine now. And then the phone would wash away. And I'd just, I'd get immediately get out of the water and buy a new phone. So if you did one of those long distance swims, uh, you'd have a boat next to you, and you could check Twitter every hour, just to see how the world was getting on. That would be good. Yeah, I'd like that. In 1938, the minimum wage is established by law in the United States. How good is that? That before 1938, there was no. It was just like, hey, will you lift those pallets for me? There was no <laughs> minimum amount that you had to pay someone. <laughs> and there must have been people for the next 20 years, just like employers, reminiscing about the good old days. 
when they could just like sense the amount of money their employees needed to have enough food to work the next day. Like it's so bleak that it took until the 20th (laughs) century for anyone to give a fuck enough to be like, you know, there has to be a minimum that you can pay. There has to be a lowest amount. But in in the UK, it's it's ninety nine. It's I'm like I'm as old as the minimum really? wage. Really? So that's way yeah, that's way earlier than really. I didn't know it was that. In the UK. There, was, there was no minimum wage until nineteen ninety nine in this country. <laughs> I you don't could make people know. Lift, lift pallets for whatever you was wanted. That, was that labor? That would was that when Blair was in power? He got in in ninety seven. Yeah. Um, I ninety nine really no yes that's fucking so, hell that's so it funny. says ninety eight ninety eight is according to a quick Google <laughs> okay red well we don't need to <laughs> well he was a year out Bob we've got to get this stuff right okay it's a serious podcast it was three pounds sixty for those who are twenty two and older there you go Finley it's three pounds six that's what it was in in ninety eight. £3.60. Oh, really? Yeah. So you work 10 hours and you get over 30 quid. Fucking hell. That's insane. I didn't know that. I thought we would know that for years. Yeah. No. Do, do you guys remember when things were really cheap? I don't think anything's ever been cheap. I don't. I, I remember being younger and going, I, I, I'm going to buy a pint for £5 one day. And now you don't even blink your eye. I used to go to the pub and buy you get uh, four pints for a tenner. You know that those days are long gone. Um, but it's everything's just rocketed in the last decade. I don't even blink now. I just it's weird. Everything's so expensive. I just don't see money as my own thing anymore. You know, it's just no money. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's just like, all right, well, the number in the account is going down. Like, it's not, yeah. Mm. Like, the fee for anything is not going up. Like, everyone keeps talking, uh, inflation's went up 10%. It's like, yeah, well, not like wages haven't went up at all. No, not at all. And profits, companies' profits are going up, and everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We've just collectively decided everyone's going to get paid less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep it at that, and then well, minimum wage now is nine twenty. But just, the fact is, is back when it was three sixty, you could get cigarettes for two quid, and you know everything was a lot cheaper. In the next decade, you'll pay a tenner for a pint. I reckon. Well, you could now. That's going to happen. Really? I reckon so. Definitely. I think it'll be a standard. A fiver was ridiculous. It was unreal, and then it's become so standard, and it's actually surprising when it's that low i was in a pub recently actually and there was a pint for 16 quid it was a special pint what was in it cocaine they they asked um they asked my dad like do you want the do you, there's a you get a pint for five or you can get the 16 pound pint and he was so offended what is what was in it do you know maybe nine pounds in coins <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you go to university? I have no idea. But yeah, yeah no. Did, did yeah. You, yeah, where did you go? Oh, a UCL. Was uh, what were the pints like in the bar there? A little, che- a little cheaper. I think it was like three pounds something for a pint in the in 
in the student bar. Yeah. Red, you're asking Finley questions like you're on a fucking weird first date. Well, we are kind of. We've never met before. <laughs> it's just like, and, yeah. Uh, what were the There's definite chemistry. No, I'm just trying to work out what what, what, what points he's playing. He's, this man's from another decade, Bobby. We've never had someone from another decade before. Red, you were alive um, when he was in university two years ago. Really, all you're just saying, yeah. what were pints like two years ago? Well, I know, but I'm not walking to university bars two years ago. Yeah, because they wouldn't let you in. Because that would be sad. They wouldn't let me in, even if I said I was a mature student. I've got no business being there. This is why I'm using Finn to try and work out what the kids are up to these days. They say, who's, who's this gluttonous <laughs> Earl? Trying yeah, to yeah. His way into the, Try, into trying to come and find bar. his young boy king. <laughs> Scar and Simba. You should be weighing down a horse in the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. We are very proud to announce that this uh, podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Yeah, our uh, new amazing sponsor for any below-the-belt grooming. Yes, and the face, and the face. Yeah, I don't know if they market it that way, but I think... <laughs> Man, you can I, do the face, too. Yeah, uh, I would say you got to shave your cock, you got to shave your balls, you got to wax your balls. Yeah. Manscaped are great. They sent brilliant. us this big pack. And my face and cock have never looked better. No, I, I, I agree with that on both counts. Um, really? It's, it's the performance package they sent us. And they're offering um, you, our listeners and, and viewers, the chance to get 20% off using Year Is discount code. Year Is. And it's also free shipping, Bobby. Yeah, free shipping is pretty good. And they do all sorts of stuff like um, they do uh, boxes, which are the comfiest boxes I've ever worn in my life. I'm wearing some now. Actually, am. Um, there we go just to prove it and it, um, it's a great it's a great present you know what i mean because yeah. it's like a kind of funny present for like anyone in a family yeah and it's just like it's also practical it's day to day people who actually use it you need listen it. also if you're one of our female listeners or viewers it's like hey your husband looks gross fix it yeah also, maybe his nuts stink and you've had enough of it. Yeah. And you're going to leave him for the gardener who's 18 if your your old stinky husband doesn't sort his nuts out. Could happen. It happens every day. Well, to stop that from happening, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code YEARIS, and you'll get free shipping. Free shipping and 20% off. Okay. Which is great. Check it out. Thank you so much, guys. So, also 1938... The the first Beano comic goes on sale. Do you, you ever had the Beano before? Oh, yeah, of course. People talk about the Beano. They're always just like, oh, the Beano, it's this great kids. I I hate comics. Like, I, I'm so sick of adults telling me to read graphic novels. It's like, I like to read a book and, like, looking at pictures feels so fucking boring to me. So, like, mm -hmm. I, I like, I love the TV show that they made out of Watchmen. But the idea that I have to look at photos and figure out what the story is while reading like like separated sentences is so absolutely boring. No, I agree. I don't understand the new comic book, like older people sort of legitimized looking at comics. I think when you're a kid, though, they're great. I used to love the Beano. I actually went missing because of the Beano. 
Um, I was a young boy in Camberwell, and my I wanted the Beano. My brother wanted the Dandy, which is another comic with Desperate Dan in with the big chin. Um, and my mum bought the Dandy and said we had to share that, and I was so angry. I <clears> stormed <throat> off when they weren't looking. I was four years old and disappeared, and my mum had to ring the police, and they had helicopters looking for me. I was gone for about three hours. Do you know? Do you remember where you went? I literally just ran down an alley and then just didn't know where I was. And then luckily this woman found me like in tears with her kid. And she was just walking on with her kid. And I was like, I lost my mom. Um, but my mom was like, I'll never forget when she ran up to me, when she found me again, like just terrified, you know? Oh man. I still have like vivid memories of, uh, of getting lost as a kid. It's such a terrifying of course. experience getting lost in like a in, uh, in like at like Disneyland or something and you just think there's no possible you think this is it I'm like, fucked I, I'm never getting found like, yeah I'm going to be in the circus forever you don't, you don't you don't you can't reassure you you can't your brain doesn't logically go no there are systems in place people people want me to people are going to take pity on me you just you you go full lone wolf well the right though. people will you don't want to bump into the wrong people That's true. That is, thanks. That's good. I need reminding. Yeah, because that when you're getting kidnapped and sold into sexual slavery, Finley. Uh, hang around with the uh, washed up comedians. <laughs> that is a risk, though, when you look as young as you do, Finley. I feel like you could still be sex trafficked as a child. Yeah, I do as well. <laughs> I'm, in a way, I'm flattered. Yeah. yeah. There'll be a day where it's like, no more. No, like, you know, there'll be a day, someday you look at me, you see a little wrinkle, and you know that the window where you could be sex trafficked by pedophiles has ended. <laughs> I remember I, I remember at a gig recently, Bobby, I, I, I said to you, I was like, oh, I'm doing all these jokes about looking young and being young and being a student, and like, gonna have to I've like I'm finishing uni soon so I'm gonna have to stop doing those jokes and you were just like no just ride it until the wheels come up like just, just of course. keep doing those jokes doing until them. you're 35. Oh you can though I mean there's a day where you can't anymore <laughs> comedy gets so much harder when you don't look young anymore because the audience just likes you less like youth is so yeah. ex- although I don't think I have a I don't think I have a likable young face I think I sort of look like a Disney villain or like a Victorian. But then you talk and people like you because you're, you know, funny. Like, it's still, people are attracted. I think everyone's attracted to youth. But then when you're not young anymore, they're just like, what do you, okay, what do you got? Well, the thing is, you still have hope. And if you're on stage, you're not having a good gig, they could go, well, he's promising. Whereas if me or Bobby are having a bad gig, it's, oh, they're fucked. Yeah, like this. This isn't happening. Like, yeah, if I bomb, it's never happening. It's not like it. Yeah. If you, if, if <laughs> in their mind, they're like, this guy is shit. Whereas if you bomb, they're like, oh, this kid hasn't quite figured it out yet. Like, it's an amazing, I love the window in your 20s where people, you, you have potential. Like, people will give you credit for your, like, how you want to live your life. It's an amazing time in your life where people. Yeah, no. Oh man, it's because and doing it's comedy. Doing comedy is like cool in your twenties. 
because it's like it's all right to it's like all right to be in a sort of attention seeker without a proper job in your 20s like if you you get in your 30s it's just sort of like a bit like if i'm still doing this in 10 years just just but shoot what, me why what 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 are you going to do um, other than no, I'm joking. I'm, guys, I'm joking. Look, you don't need to like freak out. I'm taking the piss out but of you. What, what are you going to do uh, in 10 years? What were you, what, where would you like to be instead of comedy? Oh, no, guys. I, I'll still be... Uh, don't you'll, worry. You'll be I'll going. St- I'll still be doing this. I'll, st- I'll still be doing this. Fingers crossed. Okay. Tw- 20 years in, 25 years into You're comedy. You're 15 years in now. <laughs> You're a veteran. Shit. It's so funny you started comedy at seven. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Do you remember any jokes that you said when you were seven? I had a banger. I had, this used to kill, and I still do it when I do the kids' gigs now. And I've been doing this joke for like, oh man, like 10 years. years. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... it's basically right. The joke is um, uh, that I went into like my like my my parents' bathroom, and my mum had this. Kids love like poo shit toilet jokes, right? Mm-hmm. So I went into I went into my mum's bathroom, and there's a perfume, and on the perfume it says "Ur uh, de toilet," right? Mm-hmm. And then I just say the joke is just me saying "Ur uh, de toilet," mm-hmm. "Ur uh, de toilet," like over and over again. And then the punchline is, oh yeah, I'm gonna bring out a new lotion line called Yuck de Fart. Yeah. And I and it would it would kill. <laughs> like it would level rooms of children. And you still do it how are they taking it today? Oh, it's it's still gold. That's so really amazing. Nice. I didn't even like the idea of doing stand-up for children amazes me because like I've I've tried, I did it once. And really? I don't know how to verbally communicate my humor with children. Not at all. I can't. Where did you, when did you gig for children? Like, I, that at a, fe- like a, at a festival. And I couldn't do mm. my act, obviously. So I thought, oh, I'll just riff with these kids. And they all just looked at me like I was a loser and uh, heckled me. And then when I got <laughs> off stage, there was this like this fat kid with glasses. And I thought this fat kid, the fat kid with glasses came over to me. And I thought, oh my God, another outsider. Even though I'm not a child, this child <laughs> can tell that I, I don't fit in either. And the kid with glasses comes up, this little fucking nerd. And he just said, you know, you weren't very good. And then walked away. <laughs> And that child's name was Red Richardson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I met Red. Yeah, you weren't very good. <laughs> that, that is so that kid, that kid that kid doesn't know. Surely that's that's so bad because that kid does not know that you're that you're fragile. No, but I wasn't that fragile. What but he was right. I wasn't very good. He was just stating mm. a fact. <laughs> I didn't know how to make, I don't know how to make, I know how to make like babies laugh. I don't know how to make a kid laugh, a group of 10 year old kids. Cause you just want to say, no, what, what? fuck, fuck, fuck. And then they're like, yeah, he said fuck. But even if you say fuck, fuck, <laughs> yeah, fuck, they're not yeah. going to be like, oh, that's pretty good. What, um, <laughs> what do you do when you're bombing at a child's kid? Cause you can't like start swearing at them and stuff. You're a shitty group of kids. I hope your parents um... could put you all up for adoption. <laughs> that's what I'd say. <laughs> 
you little fucking losers. You ruined. You, they might have I've, told you it wasn't your fault, but you ruined their marriage. You are the reason that when you walked into the kitchen, daddy was fucking the babysitter. That's what I'd say. Oh I'd say, listen, kid. Every uh, time. Maybe this is why that. I know. Every time you go to your dad's house, he's annoyed because he has more fun when you're not there. Like he might act happy. He might be smiling, but deep down and he'll never tell you this. He's happier when you're at your mother's. And that's why he brought you here today. Just so he has an hour where you watch me talk. And he can just be alone because he likes being alone more than he likes being with you. That's what I wish I said to those kids. Let's get Bobby to do a kid's gig and we'll we'll record it for the pod. I think that'd be great content. They, the kids will put it up online. Worst, worst comedian <laughs> ever. We don't need to. We don't need, oh, we don't, we yeah. don't need to go. Did you see that? Did you see that, Finley? Yeah. I saw. I was watching the Sunil episode where um, uh, where you started. Where you were talking about it at the start. I thought com- coincidentally you just called Bobby the worst comedian <laughs> ever, just off your own. <laughs> but but just to tie just to tie this up, I actually obviously I've seen so many adult comedians now do kids gigs, mm-hmm. and. I have seen breakdowns like that on stage. Really? Just where they're like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> when like, I, you kids, I don't know what you they want. They have no... <laughs> well, they just... I've, I've literally... I saw... You know, they're just, they're just like, oh... They, they'll literally just go off about how they hate kids. <laughs> um, like, on stage, in front of all these kids. Be like, oh, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. What is this gig? You know, not, they won't say like... But, oh, they'll, they'll fully accidentally swear... Yeah, and, um, I'd love to they'll watch They'll do, that. like, hard-hitting race material. Just completely <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Because <laughs> if you panic, you just slip into your normal set, right? Sometimes, like... I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Not a chance. I just couldn't do it. I don't know what I'd do. You know, I probably just—I suppose they like the word "poo" and stuff. Given your O.D. Twilo yeah. joke, you know. I'd say sometimes a woman has a baby and is never the same again. Sometimes mm-hmm. after she has that baby, she just gets <laughs> sad, and at first the sadness is because, like, she doesn't even know why it's there. But then she starts raising the baby, and she never kind of feels the way about the baby <laughs> that. She thought she would. She doesn't love it enough. There's just not enough love there. And that woman is your mother. That's what I'd say to these kids. (laughs) (laughs) Your mommy doesn't love you. Your daddy's not happy when you're around. And I don't like you either. And that's why I'm bombing. And that would then, I do that set and I'd say that. And then for years, I wouldn't know what had happened. And then five years later, it would go viral as worst kids comedian ever. (laughs) Well, so in 1938, gas masks were issued to the civilian population, which I think would be quite unsettling if suddenly your government's like, come get your gas mask. You're like, why? What the fuck are you planning? Well, Red, it was because of World War II, obviously. Yeah, but it didn't start till a year later. 
But, you know, it'd be an ominous thing to receive. Do you know what I mean? Is what I'm saying. You go, oh, great. It would be terrifying. I think, I don't know about you, but I get a secret. Like, obviously, I don't. There's so many, like, horrible wars happening. And, like, we just had a pandemic. But there is a part of me that I'm not proud of that gets slightly excited by chaos. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I always feel like I'm kind of watching a movie. Like, do you have this at the beginning of the pandemic where it's so fucked up? Like, there's that one day where you lose all your fucking gigs. Your work is gone. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. and they end it out. So you're like, I don't have any money coming in. OK, so work is gone. And then people are just dying in like Italy and China, and you're like, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. But there's a small part of me that was like, how is this gonna end? Wow. I feel like I'm in a movie now, and there's that, there's an excitement to that chaos, and I don't know if other people feel that at all. Um, every day, with everything. There's an adrenaline to it, isn't there, I suppose? But I wouldn't say I'm excited. Um... I don't think I'd be uh, like, oh, this is great. I've got a gas mask. I wonder what's going to happen next. I think if I was in World War II, mm-hmm. there, I would definitely be slightly excited to see what was going to happen. And then, oh, my goodness, the day it's over and the day that you win, because you'd have that in the back of your mind, like when this is over, if we win this, that's that's like 10 World Cup victories combined the feeling of like yeah we beat the we beat not just one country but loads of countries that team together to try and take us down but you'd have all this ptsd from like having to strangle someone with barbed wire and seeing all your mates (laughs) get shot in the face and stuff like that (laughs) literally beating another 18 year old to death with a with the butt of your gun and in a muddy trench surrounded by rats. But there was it was there was no internet back then and It was the Nazis. No, you're right, actually, no one could camera phone you doing some war crimes. I'm surprised there hasn't been more like videos out of Ukraine, you know? Like I, I feel like I'd, I at this point I would expect more filmed atrocities. Well there was Russian soldiers doing TikToks on their way in. <laughs> I bet in the tanks. Did you see that, Finley? I've seen a few. Tic- I haven't seen uh, Russian TikToks. No. Yeah, there was some Russian soldiers um, doing TikToks on the way in. I bet that stopped the second they started getting sniped. They were like, okay, put the phones away, back in the tank. Yep. No, you're right, though. There is no footage. Where is it all? I suppose because Russia locked down areas and then they just ban all the footage, I suppose. No, but also, Ukraine doesn't want to leak footage because it shows positions. You know, you never. You can't film mm, your soul because, mm. especially when you're fighting like a guer- like guerrilla warfare, where there's less of you and you're outgunned, your positioning is like you 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 don't want to ever give away where you are. So that's why I follow this U.S. soldier on Twitter. Well, this guy from America who's went to fight in Ukraine, which is mm-hmm. good. I mean, I guess, on a, but then he um he's doing this thing where. Like, he'll, like, he was just, like, tweeting videos of himself, like, marching, and everyone was like, stop doing this. You're giving away your position. And then he was like, I'm not that fucking stupid. This video was taken hours ago. We're not there anymore. But, like, 
I guess being a soldier at war and being an online celebrity, it's hard to do both, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah, there was that idiot politician who met Zelensky and then uh, tweeted about it, and they were like, you're giving away the location, you fucking moron. <laughs> do you know how many people are trying to kill this man at the moment? Why have you got loads of followers on TikTok from being a Russian soldier? Could you then, like, shift merch whilst at war? Yeah, I think there's things you've stolen from Ukrainians, probably. <laughs> no, but if, would you get adverts, like people wanting to you to advertise stuff? You could start a trend. Just shooting people in in the street. Oh, what would be like ice, ice bucket challenge. Uh, yeah. Do the Putin. The, the, the blowing... Blowing someone's head off in front of their wife challenge. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I the thing is, we say that as if it's insane, but we're probably like one step away from that. Like that's we're not that that is so within we're the realm far. of possibility within the next few months. Society is going in a horrible direction, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, we are not we're not far from that. I don't think. Yeah, the blood bucket challenge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it, it's actually it, it, it is actually too soon it but. is is do you reckon there was anti-maskers in 1938 it was like i'm not wearing a gas mask a hundred percent oh yeah there's always contrarians so there would have been people who are like oh my there's not gonna be a war it's all gonna be fine <laughs> loads of people thought that well you want to think that of course you want to think Mm. denying reality is a great feeling you know it's a great feeling to be like there's no virus that's gonna kill us that's amazing that's a better mm. confident feeling there's not gonna be a war all these things are like you get the benefit of just like feeling confident that the world is great and that people are just trying to lie to you to control you. Also, you're in on something no one else is, and you're smart, and everyone else is stupid and following the pack, and you're not because you're an individual and you're important. That's kind of the feeling you <clears throat> these people have a lot of the time, I think. But I guess we were, we 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 focused all of our hatred on Germans, mm -hmm. so we we're probably a bit more unified rather than. Um... You know, rather than questioning the government, we probably loved probably loved our government, and uh, it was all about the collective effort. It was all about you know beating the German. Maybe that's what we should go back to. What beating the Germans? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go to war with Germany. Why not? <laughs> rather than for a reason, but we just agreed to it. Listen, Germany. I don't know if you guys remember, but you were killing it in the thirties. It wasn't so good for us, but we were, you know, we were building up towards it. What if we just agree in ten years to go to war? It was, it was like when when we when, when we seemed like we were going to win. What was it? The Euros and yeah, everything seemed fine. That was great for a few weeks. Yeah, we all thought football was coming a, we home. Should, a war, a war is this is the, the the war. We should definitely get involved. This is the answer. So, who do you want to take on then, Finley? What? Which country? Yeah, the well, baby-faced like killer. It seems like it's it's going to be the it's going to be old Russia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you want to take Russia? What if China jump in though? Do you reckon we could take them too? Yeah, because it would be everyone against them, and then a few yeah. African countries. 
Yeah. It would be everyone. We we beat yeah. We'd be fine. Canada will jump in. Let's do it. I, I think why the fuck not? I've had enough to be honest. I am moving back to Canada if this happens into the woods and cutting off my trigger fingers. <laughs> there is <laughs> Fuck Look at how how's eight fingers Bobby doing? Oh he's good. He's only got eight fingers. Um so yeah, he can't fight in a war, sadly. Oh, we won't be fighting. I mean just uh, sort of uh participate by watching, you know, and, and uh and changing our profile pictures to uh to the Union Jack. I will happily change my profile picture from the woods where I live. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. It's weird, though, because Russia don't seem as, knock on wood, formidable as I thought they were at the beginning of this year. Does anyone else get that feeling? I was always like, oh, don't fuck with Russia, and now um, Ukraine have done so well against them. It's kind of like, oh, maybe you're not as tough as we thought you were. I mean, they've got 300 nukes, but... That is a good point. The bear has become a kitten. Um... No, they don't seem... I just, I don't know. I was a lot more scared of them in January than I am now. I really have no concept of, of how well it's going, the war. Uh, I think war is but, never going well. I love that it took us it took us that long to start talking about World War Two. I know. Well, Our year is night. But that's always know, what we do. It's boring to talk about kind of the obvious stories. History is fucking boring, it turns out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right on to the next one did you know in 1938 howard hughes set a new record by completing a 91 hour airplane flight around the world i didn't know that it's pretty slow howard hughes is one of the many people that leonardo dicaprio has depicted in film and usually when an actor plays like a famous rich person, the actor's hot and the famous rich person was disgusting. Um, mm -hmm. This is a rare occasion where Howard Hughes, in my opinion, was fucking hot. I'm going to Google him and have a look. Now, yeah, me too. Me he too. did have OCD. So he was really annoying yeah. to be around, but I think a totally fuckable billionaire. Because like people talk about Elon Musk being attractive, and it's like no, Elon Musk is a normal-looking man who is the richest man in the planet. Where whereas yeah. Howard Hughes, I think, was a legitimately hot fucking guy. He looks a bit like Milo McCabe. Yeah, he's got a hot vibe. Okay, I'm going to tell you some facts about Howard Hughes that you might not know. Uh, millionaire at 18, dad died after inventing a drill bit. Then he just, like, fucking killed it. So he, he drops out of university at 18, and he moves to Hollywood and becomes a director. And, like, like his career started because he produced a film in 1926 called Swell Hogan which was so terrible, it never made it to theaters. And then, so at that point, he must be thinking like, have I fucked up? But no, no, no. He carries on, and he goes on to direct 
two Arabian Nights, which earned an Academy Award for Best Comedy Direction. And there's a great thing that I didn't know. In 1927, they had a Best Comedy Award at the Oscars because now comedies never get Oscars. To get nominated for an Oscar now, you have to fucking be sad or, you know, survive the Holocaust Mm -hmm. in a film. It's amazing that at some point they were like, actually, we're just going to stop recognizing comedy. (laughs) And he had OCD and like, he also cheated on his wife constantly. It just seems like the most annoying lover outside the fact that he was rich. It just be so annoying, you know, because it's like, okay, um, I'm going to fuck you. Okay, I've ejaculated. Now I must touch the table 25 times. Okay, that's done. I must leave now. I will see you tomorrow again to fuck you. He's a real germaphobe, wasn't he? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like I feel like Howard Hughes, like, disproves everyone who says, oh, you know, uh, if we didn't have capitalism, if you had no reason to make money then we'd all just sit around doing nothing this guy got super rich and was like i'm gonna do some i'm gonna do some crazy stuff now because i have the i because i can because i've got loads of oil money yeah i'm gonna do exactly i'm gonna be a sick director what i want to do with my life yeah and like i'm gonna make a sick comedy film yeah and he did it's like and then and then he got sick of movie making and started flying planes and got obsessed with that. And yeah, to fly a plane around the world, it mm-hmm. looks cool on paper, but it would actually be so fucking boring. And terrifying. Mm. I hate planes so much. The whole time you're just over the water thinking, well, I really hope uh, this doesn't uh, crash. Like, it's not like they knew where he was. They're just like, well, he's he's over the Pacific. We'll see him in a couple hours, hopefully. Mm-mm-mm. And what, it took him 90 hours? Yeah, 91 hours. And what, did it, was that with piss stops, or he just sat there pissing himself and trying to stay awake not, for 90 Red, hours? Red, it's not a car ride mm. to one of my tour shows. You don't stop, <laughs> you don't land the plane when you have to piss. Well, what did he do then? Just pissed himself. <laughs> Obviously, he just pissed himself. It's like an astronaut. Every time an astronaut goes to space, when they have to piss, they don't come back to Earth and be like, sorry, I needed to piss. No. Hang on, pilots aren't... You're acting like pilots are like constantly pissing themselves because they can't take their hands off the wheel. The well, cabin yeah. is just filling with urine. There must be a little bucket in there or something, because what if you need a piss and you're halfway across the Atlantic? And you got to go. But then I suppose you have your co-pilot hold the wheel or you put it in auto and then you just go for a piss. Probably happens all the this time. This was 1938. There was no autopilot or co-pilot. He could have had a co-pilot, but uh, well, I'm assuming he just pissed himself. But how did he stay awake for 98 hours? 91 hours. Mm-hmm. I, it's unclear. Was mm. there autopilot? No. There wasn't back then, that would have been. <laughs> of course there wasn't autopilot. Yeah. The Wright brothers weren't even dead yet. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how hard it is to program autopilot. Oh, it'd be pretty hard. I, I, it, it seems like... 
Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just, I would make something that means that you can take your hand off the wheel mm-hmm. for a bit. What he could have had like a little stick that locks it in, like a certain yeah. And you just go right. We're going straight. Log the stick in. Go back next door and do a dump. Okay, so it turns out yeah, and you'd have to. Yeah, he wasn't alone. Okay, thoughts not. He had a crew, and they set a world record, but he definitely got all the credit, you know? We're not talking about... He also had a co-pilot and navigator named Thomas Thurlow. I gotta say, I would imagine that that guy was really the one doing a lot of the work. Yeah, yeah. He was putting the little bottle out and directing directing Howard Hughes's urine into the bottle, <laughs> chucking it out the window. He must have taken over as well at some point with the wheel. This guy probably knew what the, the deal. It's way less cool that he, he didn't do it just on his own in a little plane, holding the wheel the whole time. I, actually, yeah, but the more I read it, the more you realize it's just another rich guy taking credit for a group of people who actually did something. <laughs> Like, if he wasn't yeah. there, it probably would have been a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he probably just sort of sat there, uh, was cavalier with the controls. They're like, hey, this isn't how that works. Stop doing that. And then when it comes to land, he sort of gets all the credit when they jump out. He looks like the hero. It's like when those uh, rich people pay Himalayan Sherpas to take them up the Himalayas. Have you seen, uh, I watched a documentary on it, and it's like awful. Because it's like these fucking arsehole bankers who've got like a bucket list to climb the Himalayas. And then they pay someone who knows what they're doing and they massively um, they put this person at risk because they're novices and they shouldn't really be there. So this expert has to take this idiot up the mountain and then the guy gets to climb down and put a thing of him on his work desk of him at the top of the Himalayas when actually he's just been sort of gently guided there by a by a Himalayan Sherpa. But the joy is, sometimes those people die. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just like a light, a light, fun outcome, you know? (laughs) It's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, these people thought they could just climb a mountain when it's not that easy, and then three of them are dead, and the other people (laughs) who then climb the mountain the next year have to walk past their bodies. Like, oh God, yeah, and you just that that would be the most terrifying thing about climbing a mountain is the moment when you realize I am out of my depth and I have no idea how to fucking do this, and then you look to your left and you just see the rotting corpses of the people who were like oh you the God. year before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they lose a lot of people up there, but it's still. People seem keen to do it. I watched this, this documentary on Netflix about it, and this guy insulted a Sherpa and got beaten up by the Sherpa. It was really funny because he was like an American jock. And I can't remember what he did to the Sherpa. The Sherpa just smacked him in the face and floored him. It was it was good. It was a good shot. Um, But, yeah, not not for me. I don't know why. I think If I was Howard Hughes, I would have just bought an island and just sort of hang out on it. He he loved to live in hotels. He lived in hotels for years, and I get that. Yeah, I I really do too. If I was, 
if I was single and that rich, I definitely... Because the best feeling is when you leave your hotel room, like, just disgusting, you know? Like, just, like... <laughs> like, you just... You forget... Like, you forget to clean up, and you go for breakfast, and there's just, like... Like, fucking hardened Kleenex. And, you know, just, like... Oh just, like, a takeaway from the night before, just strewn across the floor... <sighs> And you come. This is the best feeling, is and it? No, no. The best feeling is you go for breakfast. You have your breakfast. You come back, and the room is clean. <laughs> and you don't yeah. have to think about the suffering endured <laughs> while cleaning your disgusting room. You can just carry on about your day and think, "Ah, oh, I got a clean room now." Yeah. And it's someone on a pound and that whatever back then. Or they, luckily, they just brought in minimum wage for his hotel. Yeah, stays. yeah. <laughs> penny an hour to clean up Howard Hughes's used condoms and uh, no, but he wouldn't be doing other. that. He's a germaphobe. I think he was he was fucking through one of those hazmat suits you're talking about. It's weird. He's a germaphobe, and he's like really, you know, his girlfriends will have to go through hell with his germaphobia. But then he fucks other people. Yeah, yeah. You kind of be like, hey man, why are you making me wash my hands three times? Why don't you just stop putting your cock in other women no nah, he how about that here's the thing and why you why do you live in hotels yeah here's the thing about howard hughes he <laughs> loved pussy more than he hated germs <laughs> don't we all <laughs> that is that that's the that's my eternal dilemma pussy and germs which one do you give up uh germs uh, your hatred of germs you could get. I think you could get through that. It's like I love germs, but I just hate pussy so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, also in 1938, John my Prescott. My mum's like right outside the door. Sorry, sorry. sorry. But your mum's outside the door while you're talking. <laughs> yeah. I love that your mum just like... walked by and just heard you say, "I hate pussy," and I, and then she's like, <laughs> and then she just, <laughs> and then she just goes to your dad like, "I knew it." <laughs> 1938 John Prescott remember him deputy prime minister was born do you remember Johnny Prescott Finley in wait, 1938 when I started comedy yeah no he was born then but he was around um, when you were born he infamously uh, punched a man in the face who threw an egg at him I don't know if you guys have ever seen that but um he sort of looked like a fat piranha. He had this weird face, like a fat piranha, but cheated on his wife all the time with loads of women, always his secretary and stuff. But he was um, at a he was getting heckled by a pro fox hunting man, and the guy threw an egg at John Prescott, and John Prescott just said, "I'm not having that," and just gave him two jabs right in the face. Um, and this is why he's a high up MP for Tony Blair, and it was it was a great moment in British politics. And kind of, you know, we think maybe let's see a bit more of that from MPs. I met John Prescott, actually. Really? Yeah, because I used to appear on a, a show on Russia Today. And John Prescott <laughs> was regularly, yep. he was a regular <laughs> guest on the show. So, What was uh, he like? He was at the time a quite aloof 
older man, mm. I would say, who maybe didn't like. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was just kind of like, just like a grandfather, you know, like an aloof grandfather. Mm. But yeah. he still knew his stuff when they started talking politics. Like he was zoned in. At the time, I remember Corbin had just been got to power, and they kept trying to like, like people kept trying to get him to say something shitty about Corbin. But, like, it's like, no, I'm not going to give you a fucking headline so that yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just, like, say that Labour hates Corbyn. But then it turns out they they do. <laughs> um, Wait, but why were you regularly appearing on Russia Today? We don't need to go into it, Finley. There was, I was given a lot of money <laughs> to appear on a, a show on Russia Today for a while and and then i was asked to not be on the show anymore i'd like to say i quit in protest but the reality was i was <laughs> fired by russia today <laughs> why were you fired well they just didn't i just too extreme no 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 yeah my, i was i loved russia too much no it was just like you hated ukraine too much it was a lot of comedians <laughs> did this show it was not just me a lot of my peers, I, I remember. I, I never did it. I tried to get you in, Red. Just but you following were, orders. You were too new at the time. <laughs> I was turned down. <laughs> yeah, Red, Red would have done it, but he was turned down and I was fired. The Kremlin said I was a hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Be associated with me. <laughs> yeah, so Bobby was on Russia today. We try and not talk about it on the podcast because I think it affects... Um, it reflects our ratings, doesn't it? No, I think what it reflects is people's opinion of me rightly. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Uh, it was less than five years ago. <laughs> Stop making... It was after the first... It was when they took Crimea. You were still doing it then, were you? I didn't know about Crimea. All I knew... <laughs> All I knew was that when you're on Russia Today, you can talk about anything except for Russia. Okay, that seems fair. I also <laughs> had been very kind of poor for a long time, and then someone was just giving me a lot of money. And it's very easy from your privileged backgrounds to judge a poor working class boy. No, I don't. No, I, I mean, I, the thing is people are like, do you regret it? And I'm like, well, I've done it. I mean, nobody's so many people did it. This is <laughs> so many people join the SS. This is why. No, no, no. I mean, in this country though, whenever you hear about hmm. people talking about Russia today, you never see anyone say, um, none of the politicians really fucked with talking about Russia today. And that was because they were all on it. I met Alistair Campbell. I met Farage, David Davies, all the best people. <laughs> hey, what, were you, what were you doing? It was like, it doesn't matter. I was doing, <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> Some political uh, commentary <laughs> on local issues that have nothing to do with what's mm. happening in Russia or near Russia. 
He used to have a, a character who was a Ukrainian guy. Bobby did, and he did a really offensive. That is not true. That character. is not true. <laughs> <laughs> You, what was it, a Ukrainian six-year-old girl you used to that play? That is not but... true. I don't want, do not, that is not the clip. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember it as well. Ukrainian six-year-old no! girl as, as, as the Russian army marches on. Yeah, and he used to go, oh, my house has been bombed in this really offensive voice. Really <laughs> like, but the, I didn't, I never got why it was funny, but Bobby said that the Russians found it really funny. You know what? I hate that at the end yeah. of this fucking podcast, after the two posh dweebs are teaming up against me. <laughs> you know what I know is because when we finish the podcast, we have Dick of the Year. It's for the first time, it might be someone on the podcast. Fine. <laughs> I will be the Dick of Bobby the Year. <laughs> I will be the Dick of the Year for again being on Russia today. But I, by the guessing by your accents, both of your family's money came from slavery. That is the episode. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sorry if it was a bit choppy and stop and start, but we had to be remote, as you know. So thank you very much, Finley, for appearing on it. I'm sorry Red insulted you after you insulted me for no fucking reason at the beginning and it actually <laughs> set off quite a combative tone for the first half of the episode. <laughs> but still, thank you for coming on. Please tune in next week where hopefully it won't be a remote episode. We're going to have some guest hosts while Red is uh, away. Yep. And uh, I'll be back though. You're going to be so excited with who we have lined up or not, but You'll tune in, hopefully, anyways. Okay, that's it for this week. Also, thank you very much to our super geniuses on our Patreon. Get a shout-out every week. Because without them, we would not continue this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, thank you very much to uh, Matt McGrath. Christopher, you know who you are, Christopher, and Saffron Vandenberg, the three of you are super geniuses, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody. And also I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's, uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of The Year Is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>